When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Lakers Talk Edition here without a Lakers series uh, in front of us. So I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Obviously, the Los Angeles Lakers eliminated two nights ago. The Denver Nuggets sweep the Los Angeles Lakers, and the 2022-2023 season is over. Um, got a lot that I want to get into. <clears throat> Going to spend some time talking about uh, I'm going to recap a little bit of the season. I think it's so easy to just uh, start looking at the future before we do that. Trust me, we got plenty of time to talk about what the Lakers should do to the roster and players that got to come back, players that got to go. We'll do all that. Um, do you deem this year a successful season or not? I think for Laker fans, this is an interesting one. For a franchise that's only accustomed to winning championships, do you look at a season where you don't win a championship and you say, hey, that was a really good season. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Lakers basketball. Spent some time on that. Um, is LeBron really retiring? Is there really a threat there? Or is this just LeBron um, trying to flex his power of what he's hoping for happens in the offseason? And then, uh, like I mentioned, what do the Lakers do with the roster? We'll get into that as well. Brian Windhorse is going to join us in about a half hour or so. Always enjoy... Uh, when we get a chance to uh, chat with Windhorse and get his thoughts on the Lakers series and uh, the Lakers season and what we could expect uh, moving forward from the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're going to do that as well. Uh, before we get started here, I want to just give a quick shout out here. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They've been a proud partner of Lakers Talk. They've been a proud partner of 710 ESPN for a while now. Um, oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Make sure that you got your car properly serviced. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. All right, Lake fans, I, I want to throw this question out there. Hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa, at Alan Sliwa. Do you consider this season successful? Was this a, a successful season for the Los Angeles Lakers? Um, I, I kind of want to walk everybody through expectations before the season started and then where we ended up getting swept by the Denver Nuggets. I thought for the Lakers, as the season started, um, not much was going to change for me. So I was watching LeBron James... Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all get another chance together. Yeah, I didn't need to see that again. I just didn't. I, I did not feel – I remember exit interviews a year ago. Um, I asked LeBron if they had enough time together uh, to really kind of know what that three was going to be. And he said that, look, I played – he said they played 21 games together. This was last season. And said that – he played more time. He had more time, more experience with guys that he played with in high school than he did playing with himself, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. They played 21 games together the year before. For me, 
I thought we had already kind of seen it. It just wasn't going to work. And the question was going to be, will the Lakers get an opportunity to trade? Will they get an opportunity to just hang around 500? Would they go out and make some type of a deal? What picks were going to be involved? All that. This is before the season even started. Then the season starts, Lakers are they're already 2-10. and 10. And the chances of the Lakers making any noise and, and really – it was just so discouraging to start out the season the way they did. I think they were 0-5, then 1-5. And then uh, I think at one point, uh, you know, obviously you got two games, won two games in the first 12. So it was an incredibly disappointing start for the Lakers. And, and for me, all, all the expectations just went away. Then I kind of started thinking, all right, well, this is going to be another disappointing year. Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. We heard the Lakers in a lot of different trades. But the Lakers, uh, nothing seemed like it was going to happen. There was more rumors than there were anything. I remember it was, oh, well, no one will make a move in the first 20 games. And then, oh, nobody will make a move until halfway point. And then finally got to February 9th at the trade deadline. Lakers do some work. And watching the Lakers, what that roster looked like after the trade deadline, you kind of started seeing, all right, well, looks like a team. They got some dogs that are ready to play. They got some guys that are hungry, Rui Hachimura and Malik Beasley had a, a game or two where he performed well. Jared Vanderbilt, you could tell, like, all right, this is a hustle guy. We could use a guy like this. D'Angelo Russell had uh, certainly has the talent to be a player that could be the third star on this Lakers team. And we kind of stumble all the way to the finish line. And Lakers looked like they ran out of gas, but there they were, the number seven seed going into the playing tournament. You get the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not very impressive from the Lakers. Minnesota probably should have won that game. Uh, the game goes to OT because Anthony Davis fouls Mike Conley. But the Lakers win the game, and they get the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Playoff starts. Lakers look great. Uh, they take out Memphis in the first game. They go up three games to one. And before you know it, that series is a wrap. Lakers win in six. It's like, all right, well, that was pretty impressive. Okay, now you got the Golden State Warriors. You got the defending NBA champs. Series starts in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Lakers take game one, two. People say, oh, well, you know, the Warriors came all the way back and they went on a 14-0 run. I don't care. Lakers won the game. Lakers end up going up three games to one, and they wrap things up in six games as well. Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals. How the hell did that happen? Everything kind of happened within two months where you looked at a team and you're saying to yourself, they're going to make no noise this year to they got a chance to win an NBA championship and they're in the final four. Series against the Denver Nuggets, um, Laker fans, I, I think it's safe to say this. Denver was better in pretty much every every way uh, every um, facet of the game to win a series, I thought Denver was better. I'll give you my examples. The two superstars for the Denver Nuggets were better than the two superstars for the Los Angeles Lakers. The role players for the Denver Nuggets were more reliable and more consistent than the role players for the Los Angeles Lakers. Michael Malone, uh, I thought, did a fantastic job with some of their different uh, kind of the chess pieces that you were playing against Darvin Ham, and that's not that's not knocking Darvin Ham. I thought Darvin Ham had a great first season of his NBA career. I think that's obvious when you get to the Western Conference Finals. But to get to the Western Conference Finals and then get swept for a franchise that is as proud as the Los Angeles Lakers, where it's all about winning NBA championships, nobody's hanging a banner there unless it says you're a world champ, 
who already has 17 NBA championships, it's kind of tough to sell a Laker fan base on, well, at least you got to the Western Conference Finals. But I feel like this year is, a, is an exception to the rule because a lot of the feedback that I get from Laker fans, and I, I'm talking about in the post-game show or whether I do Lakers talk or social media or Travis and Sleeper show, I don't hear a lot of people saying, well, that season sucked. Well, damn, the Lakers were what a um, what a maybe blown opportunity, or they didn't. You know, this is a friend. They should not be proud. Um, I don't want to see this team come back. You know, I, I haven't really seen any of that. For the most part, what I'm getting from Laker fans, which is not common, is, hey, I know we didn't win the whole thing, but damn, that was a really good season, and the fact that the team fought as hard as it did. The fact that you felt like the team never gave up. It wasn't uh, the Denver Nuggets weren't blowing the Lakers out by 30 every game. No, the Lakers three point game with 45 seconds left to go in game one, two point game with a minute 10 left to go in game two. Give Denver game three. They went on that run in the fourth quarter. I think a 13 nothing run. Give them game three. Game four, it's a tie ball game with 50 seconds left to go. Three of these four games were really, really close. And Lakers had chances to win uh, at least a game or two against the Denver Nuggets. I thought the better team won. I think sometimes you just got to put it as simple as that. I thought the better team won. I thought Jokic was better than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I thought Jamal Murray was better than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He was incredible for the entire series, specifically those first three games. Um, They were just the better team. However... I still think it was a successful season, Laker fans. Even though the Lake Show got swept, I'll say it again, the Lakers got swept. I still think it was a successful season. It's weird to say. I'm not. I'm not used to saying that, but they exceeded my expectations. I didn't think the Lakers were going to get this far. I didn't think the Lakers had a run in them to where they had a legit opportunity to get to the NBA Finals. They faced a team that was better than them. But I think there's some real building blocks here. I think there's you know, a, certainly a real opportunity for the Lakers to kind of make some tweaks as we get to next season. And they could try to figure out what to do from here. But if the question is just as simple as this, was this a successful season or not? It was. I, um, I, there, there's some stuff that I, I truly, truly appreciated watching the Lakers over this run. I never felt like the team would give up. I felt like there was a blue-collar approach to what they were doing. I think guys like Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura, um, even Jared Vanderbilt, guys really rolled up their sleeves and just came to work every day. Um, AD went through a stretch and a run. I know Laker fans, there's some frustration with Anthony Davis, but AD had gone through a run as well where he looked incredible. He looked amazing. Um, LeBron closed out the year a 40-10-9 game and played 48 freaking minutes at age 38. Come on now. I mean, they're, they're, it's impossible for me to look at this Lakers season and be disappointed. Uh, this, you could be disappointed because you didn't win it all, but I'm not upset at the team. I'm not, um, man, where's this franchise going? Damn, this franchise just can't compete. I don't have that feeling at all. I really, really don't. That That doesn't mean that they don't need to make changes. That doesn't mean that 
they just need to come back with the same roster and they're fine. By the way, some people can make that case. They can say, give them a full season. What would that look like? What if they had training camp together? What if they got to play 82 games together? What did they get? What What if they gained continuity and chemistry together? How much better would this team be? What if their seeding was better in the NBA playoffs? How much better would the team be? I think that could all help the Lakers. But again, I have a very difficult time walking away from this season disappointed at the Los Angeles Lakers. I thought they had a good year. They surpassed my expectations. And I think for the Lakers, that uh, uh, that is not something that I was expecting. And here they are sitting today. They accomplished that at least. And even though the, it, it ended in disappointment because you got swept against the Denver Nuggets, I still take a lot of positives from this year that hopefully can – um, could uh, could could sprinkle into next year as well. Okay, we, we heard LeBron James in, uh, if you want to, by the way, if you want to just give me your thoughts on that, you can hit me up on Twitter at Alan Sliwa. We heard LeBron James postgame um, in the final game of the Western Conference Finals, basically saying he's not 100% sure about next year. I want to spend some time on that. Is, is LeBron really considering retirement or is there something more to it? Uh, we'll do that coming up next. Brian Windhorst coming in in about 15 minutes or so. I appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Just a quick reminder here. Brian Windhorst coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, always, always enjoy having him on. I got some questions on the LeBron front. Got some questions on the offseason. I think uh, it'll be an interesting offseason for the Lakers. Quick shout out here to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Make sure you get your car service. Check engine light comes on. Don't procrastinate. For some reason, people procrastinate. Why would you do that when you have services like Valvoline Instant Oil Change? Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change, especially now the Memorial Day weekend right around the corner. Okay, so we we all saw and we heard LeBron's comments, you know, kind of left some question marks about his future, whether he still wants to play the game, how is he feeling health-wise, um, I got a couple angles on this, and I'm going to go back to Le- LeBron just went through an incredibly grueling season. Let- let's let's kind of lay out how LeBron James and you know how his season went, and um, he had a major major injury when he had his foot injury, and and came back with eight games left. 
I think he missed a total of four weeks with that foot injury. He has the famous quote of basically saying that two doctors told him to have season-ending surgery, but he went to the uh, foot doctor of LeBron or LeBron, whatever it was, something along those lines. That Ron basically determined, I get what these doctors are telling me, these professionals are telling me, but we got a chance to win, and I'm not going to miss out on that opportunity. So Bron decides to play. And the Lakers go on a run. Six games against Memphis, six games against the Golden State Warriors, and here they are now in the Western Conference Finals. And you could tell, Lakers almost stole Game 1, even though they were down 21. Game 2, I thought they that was their best opportunity to not just make this a series, but steal a game in Denver. That's what they've done. That's what they did in each one of these uh, series. Um, they stole one road game. They came back to L.A., they're down 0-2. Denver comes out in game three, and I thought it was the most convincing win that the Nuggets had had so far in this series. So now you're completely depleted. You're down 0-3. Braun decides to play 48 minutes in game four. Not 48 minutes because it's game seven. 48 minutes just to force a game five. And he's looking around that roster. By the time the dust settled, he's saying to himself, AD, I didn't get enough from you. Um, D'Angelo Russell, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to address you. You were sitting on the bench because you weren't good enough to hit a couple of shots so that you can get some actual playing time. Uh, Rui struggled in Game Four. I think he was three of twelve from the field. Austin Reeves was basically the only player that shot above fifty percent and was ready to go. Even Dennis Schroeder struggled, even though he was did everything he can on the defensive side trying to guard Jamal Murray. I watched LeBron James in his career when he was in Cleveland always sign these two-year deals with an option for that second year. And the pressure that LeBron James would put on Dan Gilbert and the franchise in Cleveland was, you better put a roster around me. I'm trying to compete for a championship. I'm not trying to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not trying to make the playoffs. I'm not trying to get to the NBA Finals. I'm trying to win an NBA championship. And Braun always had that pressure, and I always felt like he had uh, he had a chokehold on the Cleveland Cavaliers because he had the power to do this, and I always respected it. You know, I think a lot of times the ownership has just so much control of what's happening, and there's a lot of owners that don't care about winning, and there's a lot of owners that uh, it's all just about the bottom line. LeBron wanted to win. And he held the Cleveland Cavaliers to a standard that they were not accustomed to, and he won a championship there, and they kept going to the NBA Finals and everything else that he accomplished there. For me, when I heard Braun and heard his postgame comments after the Lakers got eliminated on Monday night, I never actually believed Braun as in he might actually retire. I didn't take retirement from Braun. Now listen, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe his body is beat up. Maybe he is frustrated. Maybe he just came off the loss and his emotions are really, really high. There's a lot of things that can factor, that could kind of come into play here when you look at Braun and you look at the immediate reaction after you're eliminated from the playoffs and you got to the Western Conference Finals. Braun even said something to the effect, I'm not, this is not an accomplishment by me getting to the Western Conference Finals. I've been to the NBA Finals plenty of times, I've been to Conference Finals plenty of times. I'm trying to win a championship. I thought LeBron James, I thought his message after game four 
it reminded me of his days with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We got to improve this roster. I know I'm going to be in my 21th season next year. I know I'll be 39 next year. I know I got 280-plus playoff games already under my belt. But I played 48 minutes, gave you 40, 10, and 9, and it wasn't enough just to get to a game five. We don't have a good enough roster. And I'm not supposed to be in my 20th season still doing this, and it's not equaling a W. For me, I looked at that interview, and I thought to myself that I thought it was more about telling that front office, um, this isn't good enough. It's great that we went out at the trade deadline, um, addition by subtraction, I think just getting rid of Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly and some of these guys, I think they gained a lot just by getting those guys off the roster. But then you also put together a team, and that team, Jared Vanderbilt had his moments. D'Angelo Russell had his moments. Rui Hachimura certainly had his moments. Austin Reeves looked great. Um, Malik Beasley had very, very small moments. Lonnie Walker had some opportunities. But I thought what LeBron James was saying very, very clearly is, this isn't good enough. I'm trying to win an NBA championship. Where was D'Angelo Russell in this playoff series against the um, against the Denver Nuggets? How come AD couldn't give me more in Game 4 to just force this thing to a Game 5? Um, there's just not enough talent on this team to compete for an NBA championship next year. Listen, the rest of the league is going to get – Phoenix is going to get better next year. Uh, Golden State, you know they're going to try to do something in the offseason. Um the Pelicans, if they're healthy, could be dangerous. The Clippers, if they're healthy, could be dangerous. You go up and down the Western Conference. It's not like Dallas will try to do something. I'm not telling you all these teams will be successful, but what I'm telling you is they're also not going to just stand around and do nothing. I also saw Kyrie Irving behind one of the baskets in Game 4. This is the second time he's come to a Lakers playoff game. Why has he come to a Lakers playoff game? It's because the Mavs didn't even make the playing tournament, so he's got time on his hand. Um, I took some of those comments from LeBron James as we got to improve this roster. What the hell am I wasting my time for and still doing this in my 20th year and we don't have a roster that's good enough to help me out the way the Denver Nuggets Joker had help. Jamal Murray was amazing. Michael Porter got his job done. KCP, Bruce Brown off the bench, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, everybody was contributing. Everybody was contributing. And for the Lakers, it was a lot of hot and cold and if you're going to win an NBA, forget getting to the Western Conference Finals. If you're going to get to the NBA Finals, you're going to win the whole thing. You need more than what the Lakers had. So as as much as I sit here and I tell you that I thought it was a su- successful season for the Lakers, doesn't matter what I think. LeBron James, still the most important player on this Lakers team, he didn't think the roster was good enough. That's what I looked at when I heard his comments. That's what I believe. Now, whether that's what LeBron was thinking or he wasn't, I have no idea. But I could just go off of my opinion, and that's how I interpreted some of his comments uh, post-game after the Lakers were eliminated. Okay, this is a perfect time, a perfect transition. We got Brian Windhorst coming up next. And if there's anybody that uh, would have just a good – just a good uh, uh, vibe, I guess you can call it, a good pulse of LeBron James and uh, and what's going on through his mind after that loss to the Denver Nuggets. I think he'd be the right person to ask. So when we come back, Brian Windhorst is going to join the show. Um, stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Want to welcome in uh, Brian Windhorse, covers the NBA for ESPN um, and always does a fantastic job. And I appreciate his insight here and his time. Brian, uh, thanks for uh, joining the show. And I want to start off with this. Um, Lakers get all the way to the Western Conference Finals. They get swept. Uh, How do you view this Lakers season just – your expectations coming in, you know, whatever you thought towards the trade deadline, whatever you thought once the playoffs started, how do you just define the Lakers season um, in, in, in a nutshell, I guess you can say? I thought it was a terrific season. Um, I, so what they were able to accomplish was just awesome. And um, I know that they didn't win. And when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis – and you wear, you know, the purple and gold that the expectation is to always win, and that's fine. But I felt that they totally maxed out what they could achieve. I, I, I believe the team was horribly flawed at the start of the season. I was not surprised at all that they got off to a terrible start. I did not think they'd be able to fix it, and they did. Um, and a lot of reasons – there was a lot of reasons why they were able to fix it, but obviously the trades were the biggest part. And for them to – get through a couple of playoff series without home court advantage to, to, to win out in Memphis, to win up in uh, the Bay. Um, just terrific, just terrific stuff. And I thought they played really well in this series. Um, you know, there, there's nuance to, to wins and losses. I know that in, in, the, in the world of the Lakers, that nuance isn't really accepted. You know, Kobe Bryant, who is basically the soul of the Lakers, he didn't believe in nuance. You either won or you lost. And people loved him for it. The Kobe system doesn't allow for nuance. But that's not really the way the world is. The Lakers played really well in those four games. And things didn't go their way. And they got beat by a better team. And there's no reason to hang their heads. And not only that, um, unlike a year ago, this team actually has some tools at its disposal to use to improve the roster in the offseason. Now, how they do that is yet to be seen. Um, but I, my outlook on the Lakers is a 180 from where it was a year ago. And um, I, I'm really, I really think it should be an exciting summer and in, in in, uh, next season. Well, it's interesting, Brian, because I think you're right. There is a – yeah, there's kind of an expectation that comes with the Lakers and you got 17 NBA championships. You're only really celebrating if you win the whole thing. The vibe that I got – these last couple of days from Laker fans was appreciative. Hey, you know what? That was a good year. And yes, I, I understand the Lakers got swept, but to just kind of have the expectations, I think we all had coming into the year. Okay. Yeah. But what trade could they really go out there and make where it's going to change things and kind of found a way to do it. And I, you said something about the series against Denver, which I couldn't agree more with. It's not like Lakers were losing by 25 every game. It's not like they had no shot. Um, game one, it's a three-point game with under a minute left. Uh, game two, it's a two-point game with a minute ten left on the clock. Game four, it obviously came down to the final seconds. It's not – and I agree that Denver was just a better team. Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic were amazing. The role players for the Nuggets were amazing. They could very well be hoisting up the trophy in a couple of weeks. So 
at least yeah. at least the team that you ended up losing to it, it's not uh I have a I have a difficult time saying well if Lakers could have just done this or just done that I think the better team won yeah I mean I'm gonna be honest with you Jokic is better than anybody the Lakers got right now he's just better he might be a historically all-time great player we may be seeing a guy come into his own uh he's better than Anthony Davis right now does Anthony Davis have the capacity to play at that level and outplay him? Sure, he does. You know, there's weaknesses in uh, in Jokic's game. It's hard to find them, but they're there. Um, but he was he he was the best player in the series, and Jamal Murray had a three quarter stretch where he scored 53 points. I mean, go up and look, Jordan. Go look, Kobe. Go look, LeBron. Go look, Steph Curry. Go find me a guy who's ever been hotter in a three quarter span. You're not going to find it, and the Lakers had to absorb that. So. You know, like, look, in, in all honesty, if you can't look at the late at this season and see great progress, it's pr- it's probably not worth continuing the conversation, at least with me. Uh, Brian Windhorst taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. Brian, with that in mind, it's also these last couple of days we looked at some players and I think there were expectations that uh, certainly they didn't meet. I'm going to name one off specifically. I thought D'Angelo Russell was really a non-factor in that series against Denver. And when the Lakers originally traded for him, I think the idea and the concept was, hey, this is a guy who's getting paid $30 million a year. I think coming in, he was about 18-6 and six a game. Um, the expectations were, this guy could potentially be your third best player. It should take a load off of LeBron James. It should. There's some more playmaking now. Uh, he doesn't really necessarily have to have the ball. He could be a spot-up shooter as well. At least in the playoffs, it was not a consistent picture of D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has been getting a lot of heat in L.A. over his performance in the playoffs. And to be honest with you, I'm one that kind of raises my hand on this. Um, I was really disappointed in his play. What, what do you think his future with the Los Angeles Lakers is? Uh, how much do you think just his game and what he brings to the table and if he has that winning pedigree belongs with this roster? I think if you have to rely on him, he's going to let you down. If you can, if you, if you, if his role on your team is to be a contributor and maybe sometimes he helps you, but if he's not having a good game and you can, you can sit him down, that's the role you want him in. And by the way, there are guys like that who had 15, 18 year, very successful careers. Um, that, you know, he is not a $30 million player, which was what he's getting paid. And there's a reason why he's changed teams, I think, five times. Um, teams generally fall out of love with him. Um, but he does, he's talented and he can win you games. I just don't think you can say, man, that's a core player. Uh, I think if you do that, you're going to be disappointed. So if he signs a contract that reflects that, um, then I think he can be useful to a team. And if your roster is built in a way that if he's having a bad night, you can just tell him to go ahead and untie the shoes. Um, I think, you know, he can work very well. Uh, but if you're going to need him every single night, you're going to get let down. And the Lakers, you know, were in this position needed him. And obviously, earlier in the playoffs, you know, he had a string of games where he was a difference maker. And and that's why teams still have acquired him is because mm. it can go both ways. But I think at this point in his career, we kind of know who he is. And I think to expect more out of him, I don't think it's really fair to him, if you want the, my honest assessment of it. As it comes time to where he goes with the, with the Lakers, you know, they got to decide whether or not they want to keep this team together or they want to – uh, create the space. I mean, to be honest with you, Alan, it's pretty unusual and rare to be able to have a player like Anthony Davis and LeBron on your roster and still be able to have salary cap space to go out and get you know acquire other players, acquire another big time player. The Lakers have that path available, 
And so that's unusual to have that. But there's two problems with that. One, they don't have max salary space. So they're always, you know, if they get into a bidding war, they're always in position to get outbid. And to open up that space, you're going to have to say goodbye to some 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 pieces that helped you get to where you are. Um, and, but I want to also say that I, I've noticed that the discourse has re- is recently, you know, surrounded Kyrie Irving as if that he is the only player who they could go get with what they've you know, got on their fingertips. I don't think that's a fair way to look at it. I think there's many different players, especially at the guard position, that they could look to acquire via trade or via free agency that could potentially help them a lot, that would potentially be a lot safer and, and less expensive than Kyrie Irving. And I'm sure that's some of the things that Rob Belinka is looking at. But one of the options that they have is to just hold on to Malik Beasley and try to re-sign D'Angelo Russell so that you have the ammunition to make trades later on, mm. um, you know, into the season. Uh, Brian Windhorst, taking some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'll I'll stick with. I'm gonna kind of actually tie these in together. Um, LeBron had his comments post game after the Lakers eliminate, eliminated. Not a hundred percent sure what he's going to do yet. Um, I listen. You've covered him for a long time. I, I was have talked about how I really love the way he used to I I don't know if you want to call it hold the Cleveland Cavaliers hostage but he wouldn't sign a long-term deal he'd do a two-year deal there's a player option in the second year and I always felt like there was a lot of pressure to you know obviously put together a roster that LeBron James approves of what did you think of Bron's comments after the game how much of that do you think there's some truth to as far as hey, I don't know if my body can keep going like this, and how much do you think of it is, as you were just saying, the flexibility of go and prove this roster because even though I played 48 minutes and I gave you 40, 10, and 9, it wasn't good enough to just get to a game five against the Denver Nuggets, uh, just the the way you would tie in those comments. Yeah, so I don't know exactly. I don't want to pretend like I know. I don't know what he was doing, Okay. It caught me by surprise. It caught the Lakers by surprise. It caught some other folks, you know, around LeBron by surprise. He is making those statements at the moments after the conclusion of a grueling season where he played hurt a lot. Um, But the reason that I, you know, furrowed my brow a little bit is the nature of when he said it. And what I mean by that is, in the press conference, they said last question. He got asked a question that was not about this, and he decided to make that his walk-off statement. Mm. My speculation under those circumstances, I'm going to say that exactly again, exactly how I just said it, Alan. My speculation under those circumstances is that he walked in there with the intent to deliver that message on his way out the door um, and to allow that for various reasons to uh, be his walk-off statement. He then elected to double down and go a little farther with it with David Benjamin on his way out the arena, which I felt actually made me feel like it was more authentic than when he did it in the presser. Hmm. So he's got me a little bit confused, but I would say that if you're LeBron and your team was just summarily dismissed uh, out of the playoffs by a team that will be just as strong next year, the concept of, we're just going to run it back, might not necessarily be um, favorable, but I, which is what Rob Palinka kind of hinted yesterday. He didn't fully, hint, fully say that, but he kind of hinted that. So 
there's some haze there, and I don't want to get caught, Alan, to be honest with you, saying I know exactly what's going on because I don't, but I can read the situation and kind of get some hints in that direction. Um, Brian, you, you, we were just talking about, let, let's just say roster construction for, cause they're going to have, obviously there's some, some questions that they're going to have to answer in the off season is, are you better off just saying, Hey, what is this team going to be like if they had a training camp and if they had 82 games together and, uh, look what they did since the trade deadline. And now if you give them time and there's more continuity, there's more chemistry, um, is there enough talent there? And I think this goes back to: do, do you are you looking for? Should they be more top heavy to go make what could be their final playoff push with LeBron and Anthony Davis, um, or do you think the right thing to do would be let this thing marinate? Because the Lakers, if there's one thing since Bron has been here, they haven't really put together the same roster two years in a row and said, "Let's go see what we could do." Um, is there enough talent, or do you think the, the some of the names that are kind of circling out there or, or, or are uh, rumored out there, they should get a little bit more top-heavy? If I were them, I would seriously consider using my flexibility to get some more talent on the roster. Because at the end of the day, when you were facing elimination, Vanderbilt didn't play, Beasley didn't play, Bamba didn't play. Um, D'Lo. Russell D- had enough. D'Lo was sitting on the bench. Right. D'Lo didn't have much of a role. Rui obviously did, and losing Rui would be penal. So, um, I, But I would seriously investigate. And, you know, this is one of the things I talked about when we were talking about Westbrook. You know, they have – when they get to the draft, they have the draft pick. They have both picks, and then they have the, the still the future first that's outstanding out there. They can still deal. Um, and I will say this. Rob Linka, one thing that is you really can't touch him on, he knows how to find young players. He's been, they've been great with that. Great. Um, his record is pretty, pretty good, which is kind of not a surprise because he had to pick young players when he was an agent. He had to go find young players, um, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, pick the guys out that he thought were going to be good. So, you know, let Rob draft a little bit maybe, but also I would just say that um, they, they have some things that they could take advantage of. And I would seriously look at taking advantage of them. I, I, don't think that this team is, um, you know, is maximized out. I don't think their resources are maximized out with their roster. I think they can do some other things. So I, I, I think Rob gave himself some wiggle room by saying young core because we don't really know who, who, what defines the young core, what sure. defines young, what defines core. He, I, I'm sure he practiced that line. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take too much away from that other than, I don't think he wants to dump it all and go after one big free agent. But again, they don't have to just do that. They have, they, they can play this game in much more than just swinging for Kyrie Irving. Um, Brian, final one here. I'll get off the Lakers here for a quick second. I know you're also covering the Celtics and the Heat. Uh, a, how surprised were you that the Boston Celtics win in Miami yesterday? And how do you see game five playing out? I mean, the Celtics are the better team in terms of talent on the roster. Um, They also, they're an odd group in that they tend to play better when they are basically down to their last chance. They have four road elimination wins in the last two years alone. I'm not sure that Magic had four road elimination wins in his career. 
Um, I'm not sure Jordan did. Frankly, Jordan really almost never faced elimination. Um, that is a very incredible achievement and speaks to their ability to just bring it when they absolutely have to. I mean, they're, they're 4-0 and in road elimination games last two years. I want you to think about that. They are 10-11 and at home in the playoffs hmm. the last two years. Do you know how hard it is to be 10-11 and at home? <laughs> because if you're losing that many home games, you couldn't have played 21 home games, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very odd team. And then you have it's a Heat team that is ridiculously overachieving. Like, the Heat really shouldn't be here. They come, the way they performed for five, six months during the regular season does not indicate that they should be here. So we have two teams that routinely perform outside what their expected performance would be. And that is why Vegas is completely mystified by this series. Uh, the Heat are beating the pants off of Vegas. And the, 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 the computer modeling has basically run home to mama. The, the computer modeling cannot understand why the Heat are beating the Celtics. Hmm. And, they, and the computers finally surrendered and said, okay, the Heat are probably going to win, and then the Celtics won. So this is a very odd series to, to be around. I'm calling it a bizarro series. What's up is down. What's down is up. Um, and if I were anybody out there, I would stay the heck away from it on a bet. <laughs> because nobody seems to know what's going to go on. So you're asking me about, about tomorrow? I don't freaking know. <laughs> I do know that I did book my flight back to Miami for game six because I think this is now going to go six, but I could be dead wrong about that. Brian, great stuff, buddy. Uh, always appreciate the time, and thank you for all the insight around the NBA. Thanks, Alan. Have a good night. All right, man, you too. That is uh, Brian Windhorse right there. Uh, interesting stuff. I, w- I want to let me play exactly what he talked about the talent on the roster. D'Angelo Russell. We'll give our final thoughts. Stay right here. Lakers talk on seven ten ESPN. All right, welcome back to Lakers talk. Thank you again to Brian Windhorse. Uh, man, so many good stuff coming from Brian. I- I'm going to hit on one thing here real quick. I didn't really have too much of a chance to do it as far as roster goes. Well, plenty of time. Don't worry, Lakers fans. A lot of off season left. Um, but what he said about the flexibility that the Lakers have and that they don't have enough talent as is, I could not agree more. I really could not agree more. Um, I was so disappointed in D'Angelo Russell. And what he said at the end about who was really in at the end of these games, D'Lo wasn't in the game. Jared Vanderbilt wasn't in the game. Malik Beasley wasn't in the game. Mo Bamba wasn't in the game. Four out of those five guys that you got at the trade deadline were actually not in the game. They were not giving you some big contributions, but... I think the D'Angelo Russell piece is very interesting to me. Listen, I'd love to see the Lakers. Austin Reeves, you got to bring him back. Rui, do what you can. I don't know what his market value is going to be and if it's the difference of getting Rui or trying to go after another star or something like that. Um, They don't have enough talent that they overachieve to get to the Western Conference Finals, and it's going to be a real challenge getting back to the Western Conference Finals or getting to the NBA Finals next year and it might be your last chance with LeBron James and Anthony Davis together. I think they need some more talent. Talent. So whether that name is Kyrie Irving or whether that name is Fred Van Vliet or whether that name is uh, Trey Young. And by the way, I don't even know how they're going to get some of these guys, but that's up to, for Rob Palenka to figure out. I get the, hey, 
Just bring the back, bring everybody back, and let's run it again. Yeah, bring back the right guys: LeBron, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves. Those are the three that, of course, are going to be back. But putting together all the other pieces, they need more talent. More talent. You can't ask LeBron James in year twenty to still be doing what he's doing. Anthony Davis has shown you his ceiling. He's going to be unbelievable on the defensive side. He's going to be unreliable on a night in, night out basis on the offensive side. Uh, Laker fans. I know I was not expecting us to do a Lakers talk with the season over. All you had to do is just draw another game. It did not happen. That was not in the cards for the Lakers. I appreciate everybody that uh, took some time to tune in tonight. Thank you to Brian Windhorse. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. And thank you to Laura Romo. LA, as always, have a great rest of your night.